is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, I have a little message for the media, for Biden, for the Democrat Party, little message for the Islamo-Nazis like Hamas, Hezbollah, the Iranian regime. Israel is not going to do less, less than we in the United States would do and have done for their own survival. They're not going to. This constant pressure by the West, particularly led by Biden, Blinken, and other sellouts and appeasers, is clearly anti-Semitic. No other nation on the face of the earth that's fighting for its survival has been asked to have a humanitarian ceasefire, quote-unquote, as its military personnel is in harm's way conducting an operation, complex, so that the enemy can rearm, so that the enemy can regroup. To demand that the Israeli military do what our military would never do, the European military would never do, no military would ever do, is outrageous and unconscionable. Were we feeding? Were we feeding territories conquered and controlled by the Taliban? During the 21 years that we were there? Of course not. We should learn from our own mistakes rather than trying to project them onto other countries. We went into Iraq. We lost a lot of men. And a lot of them lost their arms, their eyes, parts of their heads, their legs. Because we wouldn't fight to win. We refused to take on Iran. 
And so our soldiers suffered badly. And we sent a message to Iran that they can outlast us. And they can do whatever they want. And they can build whatever they want. That we're not going to stop them. Israel is not only fighting their, their enemies. Those enemies are our enemies. Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, the Muslim Brotherhood, Islamic Jihad. They've killed thousands of American citizens and thousands of American soldiers. And they are trying to fight a war as we do not anymore and as apparently we will not anymore. They want to defeat Hamas. They want to obliterate Hamas. What is this humanitarian ceasefire stuff? Have you ever heard of that phrase in any other context than in the last three and a half weeks? Did we have any talk about humanitarian ceasefires during the Civil War, during the Revolutionary War, during World War I, during World War II, during the Vietnam War, during the Korean War? Humanitarian ceasefire? It's a war! They're trying to defeat the enemy. Defeat the enemy. Enough of their people have died under presidents of both parties who've insisted on, quote-unquote, the equivalent of humanitarian ceasefire. And Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran and all the other yabba-dabbas, they understand the Democrat Party slash Western mentality, and they exploit it. And they exploit it. The Israelis, pray to God, are going to ignore Biden. They're going to ignore Blinken. Oh, publicly, they'll pat them on the head, thank them for everything. But behind the scenes, they must do what they must do. And if Hezbollah and Iran want to open a second and a third front, then Israel has the weapons to deal with that too. And they have the ultimate weapon. We use the ultimate weapon twice. Those bombs were built for Germany. But it turned out it was Japan that wouldn't surrender. In American lives, red-blooded American lives, we had lost enough lives. World War II. Hundreds of thousands of lives. And Japan wouldn't surrender. Then we fought at Okinawa. And people don't know, on that little island, south of Japan, Okinawa, we, our Marines, suffered the greatest casualties in any battle in American history. The Marines did. Any of their battles in our history, that was the most costly. Not Iwo Jima, not Guam, not the Solomon Islands, Okinawa. And enough was enough. All throughout World War II, civilians were targeted. They were targeted by the Axis powers. They were targeted by the Alliance. 
as well as manufacturing sites and military sites, of course. But if you don't take the heart out of the enemy, the enemy doesn't die. Harry Truman, after he dropped the first atomic bomb, they weren't sure it would work. They were thrilled when it did. They only had another one. The Emperor Japan, much like a religious figure, he offered a a partial surrender with conditions. Truman said no, unconditional surrender, and they wouldn't do it. Two or three days later, they dropped the second bomb. They had none left. They prayed to God it would work. And it did. And Japan surrendered unconditionally. Mark, Mark, you're such a warmonger. Isn't that interesting? History makes you a warmonger. Discussing history makes you a warmonger. But I don't judge my character. I don't judge my morality. I don't judge myself based on what reprobates, malcontents, and miscreants have to say about me or anybody else. The swine are in the mud, right where they belong, with Hamas, the Hamas Nazis. And they have more in common with the Hamas Nazis than with people fighting for their liberty, civilized people who believe in humanity and life. A humanitarian ceasefire? That's the phrase now. Humanitarian to whom? The Israelis? The Israeli soldiers? Those are citizen soldiers. Israel is mostly citizen soldiers. Humanitarian ceasefire for whom? Oh, the Palestinians. Oh, the Egyptians won't let them out. The Egyptians won't take any. The Jordanians, and I can go through the other 22 Arab countries, they won't take them. But a humanitarian ceasefire, where we know the Hamas Nazis steal the food, steal the medicine, steal the fuel. They know it. But they want to do it anyway. Why? Because those aren't, honestly, American lives in Gaza. So Biden says it. Well, some of them are Americans. Some of them are dual citizens. Those aren't French lives. Those aren't British lives who are fighting, those are the Israelis, the Jews. So sure, we should have a humanitarian ceasefire. You should never use the word humanitarian in the same sentence as Hamas. Not in the same sentence. And Joe Biden. Let me be clear. Let me be clear. So the Hamas Nazi-loving propagandists in the media and their little websites, the George Soros's, and the Charles Koch crowd. Let me be as clear as I know how. And I've already said it, but let me say it again. Joe Biden has blood on his hands. So does Blinken. So does Sullivan. They all do. So does Malley. That humanitarian ceasefire. I guess that goes along with the humanitarian rearming of the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran that slaughters its own people. Its own little girls. Humanitarian ceasefire. I guess that goes along with the humanitarian aid to the 
Palestinians. They use it for terrorism. Humanitarian ceasefire. In other words, Joe Biden is pushing appeasement in stages. I was thinking about this. Appeasement in stages is appeasement. Appeasement in stages is appeasement. The Israelis would do well to pat Joe on the head. To go through these seven and a half hour Ivy League type meetings with Blinken. And do what the hell they need to do regardless. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals I have five minutes in this segment, so it's going to take me a little longer. I'm going to start in this segment and then carry it over the bottom. But I think one of the reasons you listen to this program is because you get perspective and context through American history. How many of you have heard of the Battle of or the Siege of Vicksburg? Vicksburg, an American city. The American Battlefield Trust has a very nice commentary on it. The Siege of Vicksburg was the culminating point of nearly a year's worth of campaigning by the Federal Army to gain complete control over the Mississippi River. Lasting for 47 days from May 18 to July 4, 1863, the crucial city of Vicksburg, Mississippi, with both its garrisons under Lieutenant General John Pemberton and its civilian population were surrounded on land by Major General Ulysses S. Grant's army and on water by U.S. Navy gunboats. Before the city was completely besieged, many civilians, including men, women, and children, and the enslaved tried to escape but were forced to return after encountering General Pemberton's troops. As a result, the thousands of civilians left in the city were forced to endure weeks of terror and uncertainty as they were bombarded. Unable to flee, civilians along with nearly 30,000 Confederate soldiers faced shortages of food, water, medicine, and comforts. The days leading up to the siege, as Confederate forces were retreating into Vicksburg, Civilians closely followed events, including Emma Balfour, a diarist who lived next to Pemberton's headquarters. An observant diarist, Balfour wrote often of what she witnessed in Vicksburg in one of her earliest entries, May 17, 1863. She wrote, I hope never to witness again such a scene 
as the return of our routed army. From 12 o'clock until late at night, the streets and roads were jammed with wagons, cannons, horses, men, mules, stock, sheep, everything you can imagine that appertains to an army being brought hurriedly within the entrenchment. What is to become of all the living things in this place when the boats commence shelling? God only knows. Shut up as, as in trap. No ingress or egress. No way in or out. Are thousands of women and children who have all fled to Vicksburg for safety. Then all the mules and horses belonging to the department and all the stocks of all kinds of 15 or 20 miles around. Her husband thinks human life will be endangered by the stampede amongst these creatures when terror seizes them. For I fear we have no provider to feed them for long. She was right. Soon shelling of the city began and finding food and water as well as safe shelter became a primary concern for those trapped inside. In order to gain protection from the constant shelling on the city and its surrounding forts, soldiers and refugees buried themselves into the ground, creating caves, human caves to live in. The landscape of Vicksburg rising from the Mississippi River is a steep rise with firm soil, making it easy to dig into the hillside without the fear of cave-ins. Though escape tunnels sometimes connected family caves in case of a rare cave-in. A variety of refugee parlors and bedrooms, excuse me, violent refugee caves were built in Vicksburg from simple one-room homes to multiple-room complexes with parlors and bedrooms. Occasionally connected with other families, some caves could be large enough for 60 people. Valuables and furnitures removed from inside homes to the caves to give them the feel of home, but as much as they tried, the constant fear of shelling ensured it was not the same as a house. One of the most comprehensive accounts of what it was like living in a cave during the siege of Vicksburg by the Union soldiers comes from 26-year-old Mary Webster Longborough, who had only planned on visiting Vicksburg but got trapped in the city. She wrote of her experiences in my cave life in Vicksburg, and in her letters of trial and travel, she wrote not only the building of the cave, but what it was like to live inside, and I'm going to continue this after the break. Ulysses S. Grant with the full support of Abraham Lincoln, surrounded Vicksburg, a major hub for supply to the Confederacy Army, choked it off, bombarded it from the Mississippi and from the land, starved the people, wouldn't let them in or out until they surrendered. Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or a 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text data message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals it's your daily adult dosage of the Constitution. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now. 
at 877-381-3811. So I want to get back to Vicksburg, American fighting American. Vicksburg, Mississippi was crucial. On the Mississippi was a crucial hub for the Confederacy. And Ulysses S. Grant, General Grant, knew that if he could take Vicksburg, eventually, eventually the Confederacy would fall. Because they needed the Mississippi as a supply chain. And it was in a very difficult position. Now, I just want to set the stage here for you. The Confederate troops and the citizens of Vicksburg, they weren't segregated in the sense that they lived among each other. It was a major southern city. It was a hub. Grant didn't really care. The war had been horrendous. The war had been bloody, even by 1863. The goal was to win it, and win it as fast as possible. With as few casualties on the Union side as possible. Now as I go through this a little bit further, Vicksburg, the battle, or what they call the Siege of Vicksburg, which was horrendous. No egress, no ingress. It was surrounded. One part by the Mississippi, another part, the rest by the federal troops. And they weren't letting anyone in or anyone out until there was a complete surrender. So I would like to ask Joy Reid, I would like to ask Joe Biden, I would like to ask Antony Blinken, I would like to ask all individuals who are promoting insanity in the course of this war, Was it worth choking off Vicksburg? Those citizens dying, some of them starving, some of them needing medicine, never getting it. Was the battle worth it? There were two things at stake. Saving the Union and ending slavery. Was it worth it? Over 700,000 casualties in the Civil War to save the Union and end slavery. Was that worth it? Or should there have been a humanitarian ceasefire while General Grant is bombing the hell out of Vicksburg from land and sea, refusing to let anybody out? It's not like the Egyptians on their own who won't let the Palestinians out. Grant said no. Citizen and warrior alike, we're surrounding the city, we're choking it off, we're going to bomb it into oblivion unless you surrender. This war has to end, and it has to end on our terms. Was it worth saving the Union and ending slavery? Well, is it worth to the Jews saving their lives and saving their country? Are they no less of a people? Lincoln and Grant would never agree to a two-state solution. That's what it was all about. Two states? Two countries? No way! Living side by side in peace? No way! 
No one was safe over the course of the siege. Homes were damaged. Even most people lived entirely in caves. No safety anywhere else. And there was no safety in the caves. Several accidents occurred. In one cave, nearly a whole family was killed or crippled. Writes Mrs. Balfour in her diary. Additionally, the enslaved of many refugees within the city were in even more danger. For they were the ones who were sent outside the safety of the caves to complete necessary tasks, such as finding food. Food was a critical concern for the thousands of civilians within the city. While it was besieged, competing against the tens of thousands of soldiers confined within the city, food and water quickly became scarce. Another diarist goes by the name of Martha. By July 3rd, Martha is still making daily runs to the market from Miller, the Miller family. But the food available changed, writing in her diary that Martha says rats are hanging dressed in the market sale with mule meat. They're killing the mules, they're killing the dogs, they're killing the cats, they're killing the rats. They're starving to death. They're starving to death. Independence Day proved to be a bittersweet holiday for the citizens of Vicksburg when the siege ended on July 4th, 1863. General Pentridon surrendered to Grant and thousands of Union soldiers moved in to occupy the city. Longborough, the diarist, wrote, I felt a strange unrest. The quiet of the day was so unnatural. I walked up and down the cave until... Well, morning returned. The day was extremely warm. He came with a violent headache. This is one of the men. He told me that the federal troops had acted splendidly. They were stationed opposite the place where the Confederate troops marched up and stacked their arms. They seemed to feel sorry for the poor fellows who defended the place for such a long time. As non-combatants emerged from their caves, malnourished and exhausted. They displayed a wide range of emotions. Enslaved African Americans found emancipation from slavery after the city fell to the U.S. Army. Many white residents remained defiant in the occupation. Margaret Lord, a wife to a local minister serving in the Mississippi Regiment in the Confederate Army, refused aid from a Union soldier. Another family stopped going to church because the Yankees had taken Sunday school in their own hands, she said. Many Vicksburg residents remained defiant of the occupation, forcing General McPherson to issue General Order No. 52 on December 27th, decreeing, quote, that any individual who insulted or showed disrespect for the president, government, or flag of the United States, or toward any officer or soldier, would be subject to fine, imprisonment, or banishment. The Civil War was a total war impacting everybody. Men, women, children, free and enslaved soldiers and civilians. All throughout the South, families lost their homes, found their property destroyed or stolen, struggled to find food and shelter. And during the siege of Vicksburg, this happened suddenly to an extreme within two months. Within two months. Now, if saving our union and ending slavery... were a noble 
noble purposes and sure as hell were. Then why do we expect less of the Israelis trying to save their country and save their people against an enemy that seeks to obliterate them? Not enslave them. Obliterate them. One of the things that's different between then and now is our media. MSNBC is largely a pro-Hamas Nazi propaganda operation. Prior to that, they were a, an anti-American propaganda operation. Even the Republican reprobates they have on that network of a particularly cringeworthy and swarmy type, whether it's Scarborough or Wallace or their ilk. The Benedict Arnolds of Freedom, the Constitution, and yes, the Republican Party, all have a home on MSNBC as they do on CNN. These so-called media outlets are today as I speak, advancing the cause of the enemy, Israel's enemy and our enemy, the same people from the same part of the world who killed three thousands of our citizens on 9-11. That enemy. And the Israelis are taking it to them now. And Biden's telling them, slow down, humanitarian ceasefire. There's nothing humanitarian about stopping the destruction of Hamas. Nothing. The phraseology is repulsive. The constant lectures to the Israelis is obnoxious, unconscionable. I want you to listen. I believe it's cut six, Mr. Producer, to Joy Reid. Is that right? Cut 11. This is Joy Reid on MSNBC. Go ahead. But why don't the people in Gaza just turn over Hamas militants to the Israelis? Okay. How do you propose they do that? Hamas is the de facto government in Gaza, and they're the ones with the guns. The leaders of Hamas aren't even in Gaza. And if they were, if you were a teenager living in an open-air prison, getting bombed day and night. Stop right there. Listen to her language. It's the Hamas language. Why is Gaza an open-air prison? It was never Palestinian territory. The Israelis gave it to them. So why is it an open-air prison? Prior to the terrorist attacks, there wasn't a wall or a fence between Gaza and Israel. They elected Hamas. Hamas started terrorist attacks because it's a terrorist organization by its own mission statement. So Israel seeks to secure its people. They want you to believe that the Gaza Strip was sort of a Democrat Party hellhole. You know, like they've done to so many of our inner cities in this country. But it wasn't. It was a blank slate. Beautiful beaches on the Mediterranean. Billions pouring in. 
The two-state solution. It's an open prison. Joy Reid uses racist, anti-Semitic language. She should not be on TV. She should not be anywhere near a broadcast studio, radio, TV, or otherwise. She is a racist. She is a Jew hater. She's an American hater, and she's a Marxist. And she gets a platform because Comcast, which owns NBC and MSNBC, gives her a platform. And it is amazing to me, I'll say it yet again, that you have hosts there like the Scarboroughs who do not resign in protest. Despite the fact that their colleague is an anti-Semite and a racist. Despite the fact that their colleague is regurgitating Hamas talking points. Instead, today, they attack Netanyahu. They're out of their minds. They're out of their minds. Go ahead. And Mexican police kicked in the door and raided your house anytime they wanted and turned off the water and cut off your food. What are you going to do? Side with them? You notice this? Help them while you're dying? Stop. Stop, please. You notice this? She's basically comparing the Israelis to the Nazis. They kicked in the doors. You know, it's an amazing thing. Is this not urban warfare? Does not Hamas thrive? At least they think they do in urban warfare. Did not one of the Hamas leaders say, it's not our job to protect the citizens in the caves. Those are for our fighters. And yet MSNBC continues to have a host for the enemy. I'll say it. A host for the Middle East terrorists. A host for the anti-semi-bigots on our college campuses. A host for anti-white racism day in and day out. Joy Reid, with her own history, Her own history as a homophobic, as an anti-Semite and a racist, online for the whole world to see. She's a primetime spot. Primetime spot. She's worse than Tokyo Rose. Tokyo Rose was Japanese during World War II. She's part of the enemy within. The enemy within. I'm sure she believes, as I do, that the Battle of Vicksburg was a righteous battle, as ugly as it was, to save the Union and end slavery. That was the goal. But she doesn't feel that way about the Jews in Israel. Why? Because she's an anti-Semitic Marxist. That's why. And MSNBC, NBC, and Comcast are okay with it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Have you been waiting to buy gold as an investment? Lots of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want to make a bad investment, but didn't want to miss the boat either. Sound familiar? Fortunately, I've got great news. If you have an IRA or 401k and want to buy physical gold to diversify your investment, eliminate fear and uncertainty from the process, get the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. To get your free IRA company integrity checklist today, text LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Now, I trust Augusta Precious Metals and invested myself. Use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company for yourself and see if you agree. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at Augusta Precious Metals According to the National Park Service, the distinguished Civil War historian James McPherson, a real historian, not like the phony Biden historians, McPherson estimates that there were 50,000 civilian deaths during the Civil War. And he further concluded that the overall mortality rate for the South exceeded that of any country in World War I. And all but the region between the Rhine and the Volga in World War II. The civilian deaths were enormous. Almost 10% of all those died in the Civil War were civilians. Not all but perhaps a majority of whom were in the South. Was that worth it? Joy Reid, was that worth it? There were no pauses for humanitarian ceasefires, not once. Not once. Was Lincoln a war criminal? Grant a war criminal? I'm just curious. Was slavery worth it? The end of slavery worth it? The answer is yes. For Israel, is Israel's survival worth it? Not according to Joy Reid. Not according to the Biden administration. Not according to Democrats and media types and activists and college students and professors all over the place. No. Israel's survival is not worth it. And that's the difference. That's a problem. I shall return. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Before we get started on more, I want to talk to you folks, our big family here. My book was released on September 19th. September 19th. It's been on the New York Times bestseller list every week since. The first week it was number one. Then it was number three. Then it was number five. Number eight. I want you to know a couple of things. When I talk about a police state, censorship, lack of free speech... The New York Times and Barnes & Noble. We get the sales figures. We know what the sales figures are. The New York Times prides itself on its list. And yet the New York Times lies over and over and over again about its list. Why does it list books higher than other books when those other books don't even come close to the sales numbers of books they're putting in front. You see, they wait it, they say, for independent bookstores. But beyond that, it's a secret process. They're not going to tell us. I guess they're afraid it'll fall in enemy hands. But the vast majority of independent, so-called independent bookstores, are liberal. Some important exceptions, like bookends and so forth, but the vast majority are liberal. My wife and I, Julie, were in Key West. We visited three of them. None of my books were there. I can't control these things. But Barnes & Noble has thousands of stores, and you've all been in them. And they lure you there with coffee and snacks and food. They lure you there with toys, kids' toys. It's a huge operation. Huge operation. And the word came down from corporate Barnes & Noble, we don't know who, that they are not to prominently display my book in any of their stores. And this has been going on for over a month and a half. And the latest, people send me this, is from a Barnes & Noble outside of Nashville, a conservative area. They're pushing the Elon Musk book. They're pushing the Cassidy Hutchison book. Now they're pushing the whatever book. And you people are really patriots. You're warriors. You go in, where's Levin's book? And over and over again, where is the Democrat Party hates America? And the staff act like they never heard of it before. So as bad as this New York Times list, because it is absolutely 100% corrupt, for me to be number one on that list means I have to oversell. I have to sell more than the person behind me by 30,000 books to offset their corruption. But for Barnes & Noble, the biggest of the big book outlets, and that's their job, that's their business, selling books. To take my book because they don't like the title. 
and to hide it on the back shelves or worse, to hide it in the storage areas where it never sees the light of day is disgusting. And it's happened in store after store after store after store. When my book was number one on that New York Times bestseller list, they had the New York Times bestsellers. You know where they are. They're up front. And mine was supposed to be in the number one slot. Or even given the corruption of the New York Times, the number three slot, the number five slot, the number eight. It's never been anywhere. Anywhere. Because it's called the Democrat Party Hates America. It's never been anywhere in the front. When you have a number one book, you're supposed to put a poster in the front and so forth. It's never been in the front. Or you put a stack of my books in the front window. It's never been in the front window. People send me video. They send me pictures of these stores. And I've had it. I've absolutely had it. So don't go there anymore. This is what they think of you. This is what they think of you. They have books with the F word on it. Books attacking Trump left and right. They have a whole library of books attacking Trump over there. Attacking Republicans and conservatives and talk radio and blah, blah, blah. My book is in the back or in storage. Now, let me tell you how else this works. They give a number of books that they think they need to the publisher. They tell them, we need 50,000, 80,000, 20, whatever the number is, doesn't matter. And so at the publisher's expense, they ship these books. To all these outlets, Barnes & Noble has several thousand of out- outlets. And then there comes a time when their warehouse or their storage areas, they keep getting in new books, they want to give those books back. Again, it's at the expense of the publisher. So let's say Barnes & Noble orders 80,000 copies of the book, but they only sell 30,000 because they don't want to sell it. They don't want to show it. They have made a business decision. They have made a business decision at Barnes & Noble that their clientele is mostly liberal, and they don't want to upset them. And the executives in that corporation also are not interested in free speech. They're liberals as well. And so what they'll eventually wind up doing, I haven't talked to my publisher about any of this. I just, about the shipping of books. They'll return them to the publisher at the publisher's expense. So in addition to censorship, in addition to hiding the book, Reducing the sales. They're punishing my publisher. If you're not going to sell the book, why did you order so many copies? And then you're going to sell them back. So it's really quite evil what Barnes & Noble is doing and has done. Costco has a relatively small table. Costco has sold more the Democrat Party hates America than Barnes & Noble. That's unbelievable. 
They weren't afraid of the clientele. They weren't afraid of anything. They put the book out there. You've seen them. You've been to Costco, and there it is. At some point, they'll stop because they need to make room for other books. They only have one table. I understand that. Walmart has sold more of my books than Barnes & Noble. Walmart. Think about that. I'm just telling you how corrupt this is. Now, there's no conservative who sells more books than I do. None. None. I write them all. What do you think happens to conservatives who write books that don't have the reach that I have, that don't have the platforms I have? They're smothered. They're smothered. This is part of the problem. This is what happens in totalitarian or tyrannical-like regimes. The corporatists understand what's expected of them. They're not going to put a book up front, no matter how many copies it sells, no thanks to them, called The Democrat Party Hates America. If I wrote a book, or some leftist did, The Republican Party Hates America, it'd be all over the place. That trash book that Al Franken wrote about Rush Limbaugh, that was right there in the New York Times, right at the front of Barnes & Noble. That trash book written about Donald Trump by that Cassidy Hutchinson or whatever the hell her name is, on the front, Barnes & Noble, trashing Trump, trashing his staff, trashing his lawyers, trashing... Sure, right up front. Mitt Romney's book. Trashing conservatives, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump. Right at the front of the store. All good. Mark's book. Just by the title, it's too controversial. Every damn thing in this book is the truth. Everything. With endnotes used ubiquitously. And it's because it's the truth. It's because it might hurt the Democrat Party. It's because it might hurt Biden in the next election. Barnes & Noble doesn't want you to see it. Well, Mark, they're in the business of selling books. Not this one. Now think about this. Over the last 10 years, maybe more, maybe 15 years, no conservative has sold more books than I have. I don't say this because I'm bragging. That's not my point. Period. In other words, you... We have made them a crap load of money. They make more money on a book than I do. They make more money on a book, I think, than the publisher does. They've made a ton. I've sold millions of books. Think about the people who haven't sold millions of books, who want to write a book, who are conservatives, who want to get issues out there. And how they're treated. Think about that. Alex Marlowe's book is fantastic. On Biden. Breitbart, the site, is fantastic. He's a great guy. I really like him. Smart as hell. They pushed him all the way down to number eight on week. On the first week when he was like number four or five on the New York Times bestseller list. With the number of books he sold. Go find his book at Barnes & Noble. You have to dig. 
But my advice is don't go to Barnes & Noble. They're wonderful retail outlets, including outlets that focus exclusively on books. Books a Million is a perfect example. Now, in October, my wife Julie and I and my mother-in-law, on a couple of these trips, we flew to the West Coast three times. Twice to California and last weekend to Las Vegas. I don't like doing all this flying, but I do it if the cause is right. Every airport we walk through, Hudson, not one Hudson had the book. Something called Ink, not one Ink had the book. This is LAX, the Las Vegas airport, Harry Reid, Dulles, Reagan National. People want to read on an airplane. They go into these stores, maybe to get some pretzels, gum, God knows what, and a magazine and maybe a book. You couldn't find my book at the airport except one little store at LAX that I posted about. Book Soup. A shout out to Book Soup. A very small retail outlet bookstore. But not Hudson. Not Inc. No. They're afraid of what's in the book. This Hudson crowd was once contacted by one of the owners or something. I'm a conservative. I'll fix it. He's never fixed it. He's never fixed it. So all those retail outlets, and that includes Target now. Target didn't hide the book. BJ's, Sam's. Fantastic. All the other retailers out there. I want to thank you very, very much. But here's the thing, America. We don't need Barnes & Noble to get access to my book. All the things you see swirling around in the country today, from our colleges and universities, the Democrat Party, the ideology, the language, the threats, the intimidation, the corruptions of the Democrat judges in our court system, the corruption of elected Democrats, it's all in the book in ways that you've never seen before in your life, period. So those of you who want to get a copy, don't go to Barnes & Noble. We got some one email that said, they said we can order it. Order it from Barnes & Noble? But there it is, sitting on Amazon at almost 45% off. You have Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah coming. Every one of these age, other retail outlets have the book. And it's available to you. Don't let Bards and Noble turn you off, or anybody else for that matter. I firmly believe, or I wouldn't spend this amount of time on it, that this book, it's a coincidence, God knows, came out at exactly when it should have come out. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I, 
have to tell you something that speaks to the very core of our values as Americans. About a veteran-owned company on a mission to make a real difference in the lives of our military members. And of course, I'm talking about our great sponsor, Pure Talk. I absolutely love what they're doing. Our veterans gave everything to protect our nation. And Pure Talk understands the sacrifices they've made. Now, they've set an ambitious goal to eliminate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day. But they can't do it alone. They need your help. When you switch to Pure Talk's lightning-fast 5G network, they'll donate a portion of every new order to this noble cause. And you can make a real difference just by choosing superior cell phone service. And Pure Talk's plans start at just 20 bucks a month, offering unlimited talk, unlimited text, more data, and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and make the switch. Let's rally together, show our unwavering support for our veterans, get the best service at the best price as well. Visit puretalk.com slash Levin, puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and switch to Pure Talk today in less than 10 minutes. It's the right move, and it's the American way. There's an individual who I don't know, J-E-X-I-T-U-S-A, if that is their name, actually, uh, hat free to H-T-F-R-E-E, I go to great pains to give credit where credit's due, who's posted the following. This Halloween, some of you should actually dress up as human beings and finally condemn Hamas. That is the post of the year. I want to show you what a sleazeball Joe Biden is, how he really doesn't care for human life. And I don't just mean on his radical abortion views. I don't just mean the open border where fentanyl is flowing in and killing 100,000 Americans a year. I mean, this guy's crass and he's cold-blooded. Look how he twists this. The man is desperate. He's on his back politically. Fox News exclusive. The White House is blasting House Republicans for setting an unprecedented bar, quote-unquote, in their new bill that gives $14.3 billion in aid to Israel. House Republicans rolled out the 13-page bill on Monday, which would completely offset the foreign aid by rescinding the $14.3 billion for the so-called Inflation Reduction Act passed last year. Specifically, the bill targets some of the $80 billion the package allocated to the Internal Revenue Service for audits on wealthy individuals. It's not on wealthy individuals. You don't need 87,000 IRS agents. It's to go after the middle class, period. Fox News Digital exclusively obtained a White House memo penned by Deputy Press Secretary and Senior Communications Advisor Andrew Bates of the Bates Hotel, titled, House Republicans set an unprecedented bar for helping Israel defend itself and other critical national security needs. So look how they, they twisted it. The Republicans want to get a bill done fast, targeting monies to Israel in their existential battle. I hate that word, by the way. In their life and death battle. And what Biden did is he tied it in with Ukraine. He tied it in with border money, but not to secure the border, to hire more people, administrators, to hit that rubber stamp so they can get more people in here faster and faster and faster. And a whole Christmas tree filled with stuff for tens of billions of dollars with no offsets. And this is how they treated Israel. 
I have to tell you something that speaks to the very core of our values as Americans. About a veteran-owned company on a mission to make a real difference in the lives of our military members. And of course, I'm talking about our great sponsor, Pure Talk. I absolutely love what they're doing. Our veterans gave everything to protect our nation. And Pure Talk understands the sacrifices they've made. Now, they've set an ambitious goal to eliminate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day. But they can't do it alone. They need your help. When you switch to Pure Talk's lightning-fast 5G network, they'll donate a portion of every new order to this noble cause. And you can make a real difference just by choosing superior cell phone service. And Pure Talk's plans start at just 20 bucks a month, offering unlimited talk, unlimited text, more data, and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and make the switch. Let's rally together, show our unwavering support for our veterans, get the best service at the best price as well. Visit puretalk.com slash Levin, puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and switch to Pure Talk today in less than 10 minutes. It's the right move, and it's the American way. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. We ready, Mr. Producer? The unseriousness, ladies and gentlemen, with which Biden and his flunkies take anti-Semitism and anti-Americanism is really quite unbelievable. Notice how they keep trashing you, Mr. and Mrs. America. Notice how they keep trashing you, Mr. and Mrs. America. Like you're Islamophobics. How so? How's that how's that evidenced anywhere? And notice when this White House speaks, they cannot say anti-Semitism on our college campuses, in the streets, by a growing swath of the Democrat Party is unacceptable. They always have to say anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Apparently they're in the same sentence. Christopher Ray testifies, I'll get to him in a minute, 2.4 million Americans, excuse me, 2.4% of America is Jewish. Over 60% of the religious hate crimes are done to Jews. Now, who's doing this? Why such a spike? This wasn't the case 10 years ago. This wasn't the case 20 years ago. Well, I'll tell you why. Because we are allowing people from Arab Muslim countries, from the Middle East and other parts of the world, to come into this country unvetted. Again, that doesn't mean everybody from these parts of the world are so terrible, but it means there's a lot of them coming in who are. We see it with our own two eyes. We read their signs. And we know the enemy, Hamas, and the others are sending people into this country. We know this because they've sought to infiltrate our culture and our politics. We know this. Because they said so in the 1990s in a meeting in a hotel, a Marriott hotel near the Philadelphia airport, that was wiretapped by the FBI. We know this because there was a lawsuit called the, whatever it was, the uh, lawsuit that was brought about the financing of all this. The Holy Land Foundation. My mind is a little slow, but there we go. 
I'm not making this up. I have a question for you. Other than me, who else has said any of this? Nobody. Andrea Mitchell, why won't she tell you the truth? Jake Tapper, why won't he tell you the truth? Frickin' frack. Sacco and Vancetti, a.k.a. Scarborough and Scarborough. Why won't they tell you the truth? Why are they always attacking Netanyahu? What, they don't like a strong Jew? Is that it? Is that why they keep attacking Netanyahu? They want Jews as victims? I'm starting to think that's where Scarborough is coming from. Because he's obsessed. But seriously. How come they don't mention any of this? How come they don't mention George Soros? And Charles Koch? Why don't they mention where their money goes? The Quincy Institute. It's more like the Alger Hiss Institute, if you ask me. But what do I know? Why haven't they talked about Mali, Robert Mali, the Marxist, pro-Hamas, pro-Iranian envoy of Obama and Biden to the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran? How much time have they taken on that story? None. Zero. And then Biden has the gall to tell Republicans in the House that they're setting a bar high to get the Israelis' money when it is Biden who's attached every Christmas tree ornament that he can think of, that he can think of, excuse me, on that package? Oh, good Lord. We've got to defeat these people in the next election, or we're done. We've got to defeat these people. The colleges and universities are overrun. The Democrat Party has destroyed our cities. The Democrat Party has destroyed our media. The Democrat Party has destroyed our border. The Democrat Party is destroying Israel. By the way, a friend of mine, dear friend, we'll call her Hallie. She came up with a new term, Mr. Producer. Jews exiting the Democrat Party. She said, let's call it Jexit. J-E-X-I-T. Jexit. Let's hope that's the case. Let's hope that's the case. That there aren't enough Jews in this country to make a difference, quite frankly. Our numbers are way too small. And so when you have open borders, when you have an immigration policy that doesn't base is standard on importing individuals who support our country. That used to be the standard, by the way. You would have allegiance to this country. Not anymore. You hate the country, get to the front of the line. If there is a line, otherwise you sneak right across the border. Our country's being destroyed. And I will tell you, I hinted at this the other evening, why the attacks on Benjamin Netanyahu. The New York Times and Thomas Friedman, who's a putz. Blinken, Sullivan, and that mob. Biden, Obama, and that mob. And I can go on and on. They were supporting a coup attempt against Netanyahu. Like Trump, they were trying to put him in prison. They attacked the other members, the other parties, in his coalition as, of course... Right wing. I'm surprised that they didn't call them MAGA extremists. They created a civil war that was taking place in Israel. We touched on it numerous times. 
led by, among others, Ehud Barak, who is a radical leftist socialist, former prime minister who almost went to prison, who sought to give 97% of Judea and Samaria and the Temple Mount to the Palestinian terrorists. But they turned it down, don't you know? They want the whole thing. He's led an effort. He, Biden, Thomas Friedman in the New York Times, anti-Semites, self-hating Jews, the whole crowd, to topple Netanyahu. And it was so bad that Ehud Barak kept urging the IDF not to follow orders from their prime minister should he send them to war. Can you believe that? That's treason. He urged the IDF pilots, if they're called upon, to not follow orders from their prime minister, their commander-in-chief. Can you believe that? He urged the intelligence agencies, Mossad, to join the protests in the street, the paid-for, manufactured protests. That's why Israel wasn't ready. You keep hearing this talk by all the brainiacs, so-called, who keep telling you, I know why Hamas attacked when they did with Iran's backing. Why? Why? Because Israel and Iran were on the precipice of a deal. And they didn't want that to happen. But Biden was already sabotaging that deal. He was insisting that Israel give up huge chunks of whatever little land it has to the Palestinians for a two-state final solution. But this was in the works a year or two. So that doesn't make sense. But the media repeated, you know, they're like parrots. What did he say? What did she say? I better repeat that or I'll be out of the loop. They did it. Because they saw over about nine, ten month period that Israel was at civil war with itself. Like when the Romans laid siege to the second temple. When the Jews were fighting with each other behind the walls of the temple. They ordered the siege because they can see they weren't united. Well, it happened again on October 7th. And that's why you see reprobates. People who are, who are propagandists. Like Andrea Mitchell. Like Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski, and her father was, in my view, an anti-Semite too, by the way. Zbigniew Brzezinski. How dare you say that, Mark? I know what I see! And they still keep saying, why won't Netanyahu resign? Why won't he? Look, he screwed up. Why won't he resign? The middle of a war? He should resign and somebody else takes over? I don't know. Why didn't Franklin Roosevelt resign after Pearl Harbor? Why didn't George W. Bush resign after 9-11? Huh? I don't know. But that's what's going on. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
I have to tell you something that speaks to the very core of our values as Americans. About a veteran-owned company on a mission to make a real difference in the lives of our military members. And of course, I'm talking about our great sponsor, Pure Talk. I absolutely love what they're doing. Our veterans gave everything to protect our nation, and Pure Talk understands the sacrifices they've made. Now, they've set an ambitious goal to eliminate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day. But they can't do it alone. They need your help. When you switch to Pure Talk's lightning-fast 5G network, they'll donate a portion of every new order to this cause. And you can make a real difference just by choosing superior cell phone service. And Pure Talk's plans start at just 20 bucks a month, offering unlimited talk, unlimited text, more data, and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and make the switch. Let's rally together, show our unwavering support for our veterans, get the best service at the best price as well. Visit puretalk.com slash Levin, puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and switch to Pure Talk today in less than 10 minutes. It's the right move, and it's the American way. You'll notice because you're really smart out there and you can connect the dots that I spend a lot of time unraveling words, unraveling concepts like humanitarian ceasefire or Biden's really unconscionable effort now to turn the Republican effort in the House to immediately fund Israel with support, with weapons, as a high bar because they won't include Ukraine and a thousand other ornaments on the Christmas tree. And yet it is Biden, Biden, by doing what he's doing, has placed a roadblock in front of that aid. It's Biden who placed no road fronts, no roadblocks, in front of Iran and the $70 billion that they get because he won't enforce the oil restrictions. It's Biden who gave $6 billion just recently to the Iranians, no strings attached. Biden gave hundreds of millions of dollars to Hamas through UNRWA, the UN. Biden gave hundreds of millions of dollars to the Palestinian Authority violating the Taylor Force Act. No strings attached. And yet it's the Republicans in the House. So he says, hey, you're making it very difficult to get the funds that Israel needs to defend itself because you won't agree to my massive new spending bill that's not offset by a damn thing. So what is this? It's what totalitarian regimes do. Chapter four of my book, The Democrat Party Hates America. Chapter and verse. That's what it's all about. And that's what's happening. It's an authoritarian practice, widely exists in the United States. Changing the meaning of words, changing values, changing belief systems, changing arguments. It's exactly what Biden's doing right out of chapter four. That's why I'm here to challenge it and confront it and deal with it. I'll be right back. Are you an individual or business owner facing the heavy burden of back taxes, levies, or wage garnishments? Life's challenges, especially those brought on by the economic impact of COVID-19 and inflation, can take a toll on your financial well-being. Now, the IRS has eliminated over a billion dollars in tax penalties and interest for back taxes. America First Tax Group is here to help you claim your share of these billions in tax relief 
before the IRS can claim the government share and clamp down. Call them now, 800-806-1299. The IRS has people working to collect your money, but it's time to turn the tables, folks. America First Tax Group is a full-service tax boutique that puts clients first. They understand the stress of dealing with tax problems, and they will be your guide through the process. Don't wait. Time is of the essence. Call America First Tax Group. Here's the number. 800-806-1299. 800-806-1299. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Levin. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, We'll actually be taking some calls this evening. Josh Hawley at a hearing today confronts Mayorkas, the secretary of DHS, over a DHS employee posting an image of a Hamas paraglider flying into Israel. Have you noticed it's the Republicans and even more specifically the conservatives who are taking on the Democrats, members of this administration over their propaganda laced Hamas like positions? But look at all that Biden's done. What are you talking about? He funded their enemies. He funded our enemies. And the border's wide open. Cut one, go. This is a paraglider, a Hamas paraglider, depicted here with a machine gun flying into Israel. She posted it under her online alias with the celebratory Free Palestine. Mr. Secretary, what, what's going on here? Is this, is this typical of, of people who work at DHS? This is an asylum and immigration officer who is posting these, frankly, pro-genocidal slogans and images on the day that Israelis are being slaughtered in their beds. What have you done about this? Four things I'd like to say to you. Number one, your question to suggest that it, that is emblematic Stop a second. Stop. You see, you see how sick this is. This SOB gets on his high horse. You're suggesting that the people at DHA, he made no such suggestion. This self-righteous bullcrap for the appeasers of the enemy is sickening. Sickening. This is all the Democrat Party has. This is it. And this is what totalitarian regimes do. They take reality and they turn it into a fiction. Go ahead. The Department of Homeland Security is despicable. Number I'm sorry. What have you This person works for the Department of Homeland Security. Have you fired her? That was one of four answers. Have you fired her? One. Have you fired her? Don't come to this hearing room when Israel has been invaded and Jewish students are barricaded in libraries in this country and cannot be escorted out because they are threatened for their lives, you have employees who are celebrating genocide and you are saying it's despicable for me to ask the question? This is the piece of crap that has the border wide open and tells you it's secure. These people hate our country. Hate it. Cut to go. What about people who say things like, 
on October the 7th, F. Israel, I'm cleaning up the language here, F. Israel, the government and its military, are you ready for your downfall? People who say things like F. Israel and any Jew who supports Israel. May your conscience haunt your dreams until your last breath. Palestine will be free one day. F. Apartheid Israel and is any Israeli. What, this is pretty extreme rhetoric, don't you think? Stop. Have you noticed, America, who's coming to the defense of civilization? Who's coming to the defense of Israel and the Jews? How can you be a Jew and a Democrat today? I just want to know. How is it even possible? The Democrats on the committee aren't raising these questions. The Democrats on the committee aren't admonishing this man for employees under his watch. I don't care if there's one, two, or a thousand and one. That's his job. Are they not concerned? Where are the Democrats? Where's Schumer? Schumer gets up there like he's davening all the time. Yeah, yeah. He's attacking the Republicans in the House. He's attacking the Republicans in the House of Representatives. Do you know there are two Jewish Republicans in the House of Representatives? That's it. And Schumer is the majority leader for the Democrats in the Senate. He's Jewish. And the non-Jews in the House of Representatives, the Republicans, are trying to do more to protect Israel than the Jewish Democrat majority leader in the Senate. Sickening. That's why I say people listening to this show aren't just your righteous Gentiles. God bless you because you know good from evil and right from wrong. Moral. Honest people. Go ahead. Um, I do. And I think there is a distinction between espousing or endorsing terrorist ideology and uh, speech. Uh, that is uh, odious, that does not rise to that um, level. Fair enough. This person works for you. Our government's filled with this filth. And I want to say what I've been saying here on Fox and on Blaze. All these anti-Semites are Democrats. They all vote Democrat if they vote at all. They're all Democrats. Universities, professors, Democrats. Media types, Democrats. Joe Biden, who funded the enemy, funded them. Democrat. Amazing. Now we have Mayorkas at the hearing today. Cut four, go. In September, the Department of Homeland Security published the 2024 Homeland Threat Assessment, laying out the most direct pressing threats to our security. Already, in the weeks since the assessment was published, the world has changed. Hamas terrorists horrifically attacked thousands of innocent men, women, and children in Israel on October 7th, brutally murdering, wounding, and taking hostages of all ages. In the days and weeks since, we have responded to an increase in threats against Jewish, Muslim, and Arab American communities and institutions across. See, I told you, this is how they do it. 
They have a problem. Their base is filled with anti-Semites. Filled with them. Filled with Hamas-loving voters and supporters. And this is how they deal with it. They create ambiguity. Ambiguity. Arabs in this country aren't being threatened in any systemic or ubiquitous way. Muslims in this country aren't being threatened in any systemic or ubiquitous way. CARE puts out three times more hate something or other. with Mo- CARE is a Hamas front group. They've yet to put out a statement apologizing to what happened on October 7th. And they have their media types like Joy Reid. And their media types like Joe Scarborough who diverts attention to Netanyahu in the middle of all this. MSNBC is probably the number one pro-Hamas propaganda operation in the country. There are a lot of close number twos, don't get me wrong, but MSNBC leads the pack. And not a single person has resigned from that network in protest. Not one. Because they must agree with it. They must agree with it. If Fox were a pro-Hamas network, I'd be out of there in 30 seconds. Nobody would have to explain it to me. But I'm proud of their coverage. And yet these these people must be proud of what's going on on MSNBC. You know, people say, how could people have been silent in the 1930s and 40s? Well, turn on your TV to MSNBC and CNN and see it. See the silence. Even worse. See the propaganda of the enemy. See it. And see when it comes to media outlets that are not cable, networks, newspapers, radio. How could people be silent? Even worse, how can they defend it? Ron Johnson is a great American. And he has Mayorkas in his sights at this hearing today. And I want you to listen to this. Cut five, go. Many people has this administration let in by encountering, processing, dispersing, or that have come in as a known uh, or, or unknown Godaway. What, what, approximately, I don't need an exact number. So what do we got, Senator? Let me let me uh, let me. I, I, I need numbers. I, again, don't filibuster me. How many people has this administration led into the country? Let, let me say at the outset that uh, our job would be a lot easier if the broken immigration system was. No, Mr. Secretary, I want a, oh a number. God. How many? Go ahead. Have you led into this country? I, I should also. How, uh, okay, let, I'll, I'll give you the number. It's about six million. Our broken immigration system. This is like the arsonist burning down a building and say our broken fire department. Is this is this serious? These people have destroyed whatever immigration system we had. Everybody knows it. Even the mayor of New York knows it. Everybody knows it. And they fall back on comprehensive immigration reform? So the arsonist is blaming the fire department? Sick. And look, he wouldn't give an answer. So Johnson gave him the answer for him. Six million. Here's Christopher Ray being questioned by Denang Blumenthal. Cut six, go. 
What has now increased is the greater possibility of one of these foreign terrorist organizations uh, directing an attack. Uh, well, let me United. ask you a question, America. A foreign organization directing an attack in America. Good old America. Now, who would that be? Would that be the Israelis who are prepared to direct attack against America? No. Would it be the Jewish people who are preparing attack against America? No. Well, who's preparing an attack against America? Who is it? Say it. No, we can't do that. Why not? Go ahead. We haven't seen evidence that it's actually happening yet. What we have seen is, and I listed them off in my opening remarks, one terrorist organization after another calling for attacks. Uh, and and these terrorist up. organizations, one after another, that sounds like a lot of them. Where are they based? Who are the terrorists? Who are they? I'm just curious. Where are they based? Who are the terrorists? Are they the Orthodox Jews? No. Chabad rabbis? No. Well, who are they? Where are they? It's unbelievable. It's just sickening. Absolutely unbelievable. Go ahead. It is a time to be concerned. Uh, We are in a dangerous period. So is the FBI able to track all threats and prevent these individuals from conducting an attack on U.S. soil? I couldn't say that we were able to detect all individuals. Um, the, the people that we know about, as Secretary Rumsfeld uh, used to say, the known known, we're quite good at together with our partners. But it is the unknown unknown uh, that I worry about quite a bit. The unknown unknown that you worry about, that uh, the idiot sitting right next to you at DHS says if we only had comprehensive immigration reform. I don't even know what that means. Do you? These people destroy our country, and then they throw out these shibboleths. That's probably too big of a word for the left-wing kooks out there. Go ahead. That we do not have either individual foreign terrorists or terror cells affiliated with foreign groups currently This is not Blumenthal, by the way. This is Rick Scott, who is a great senator. Go ahead. States. Well, we're not... We're not tracking that, but uh, again, I come point back to what it is. The gaps in our intelligence are real, um, and it's something that we have concerns about. So, Director Ray, so what would you, how would you, what would you say right now to the American public? Because, like in my state, I've got a significant Jewish population. They're scared to go to synagogue, Chabad. They're scared to send their kids to uh, day schools. So, but not, it's not just them. Um, it's, you know, other individuals like my daughters called me and said, should they be sending their kids to school? What would you tell Americans right now about the threat today as compared to before? This is not a time for panic, but it is a time for vigilance. Uh, we shouldn't stop conducting our daily lives, going to schools, houses of worship, uh, ah, and shut so up, forth. you idiot. You're the guy with the uh, UN. Where is that clown attorney general, by the way? We've committed more resources to the investigation of the January 6th paraders and protesters than anything else in our country. In fact, it's the biggest investigation in the history of the FBI. MAGA extremists. Peter Ducey really nailed the spokes idiot for the idiot. She wouldn't even call Hamas extremists or the people marching in the streets for Hamas extremists, but she has no problem with 
Extreme MAGA, extreme MAGA. That's what I mean about the totalitarian vocabulary propaganda that is Biden and the Democrat Party. Go ahead. But we should be vigilant. Uh, you often hear the expression, if you see something, say something. I see something uh, and I'll say something. The border's wide open, moron. You got care. A Hamas front group. What are you going to do about them? You got Students for Justice in Palestine, another Hamas front group. What are you going to do about it? You got Soros funding these groups. What are you going to do about him? There. I saw something and I said something. Now, what the hell are you going to do? Nothing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you gotten your letter from the IRS yet? These last few years have not been easy on the American family. And with tax season finally arriving, there'll be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them. Well, America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-806-1299. Hello, 800-806-1299. And you'll be in touch with the America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS and help put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-806-1299. That's 800-806-1299 or americafirsttaxgroup.com slash Levin. Again, 800-806-1299 or americafirsttaxgroup.com. Dot com slash L-E-V-I-N. The Democrats, Biden, they hate Netanyahu. They treated him like they don't treat anybody else who runs a state, country, duly elected. And if you want to know what Biden's thinking, you just watch Scarborough, because he has an IQ about as big as Biden's. Cut 10, go. Most supporters of Israel would agree with Benjamin Netanyahu in many ways, uh, except the Benjamin Netanyahu part. He was responsible for that, and not just directly uh, by by Israel sleeping and the defense forces sleeping and him obsessing over uh, wars against uh, the courts. Now, keep in mind, Scarborough has no idea what happened. None. No idea. He's an idiot. But he has literally no idea what's happened. And here they're in the middle of a war. I guess Scarborough would have been on some crap network when we were hit at Pearl Harbor, trashing FDR. Of course not. I guess he would have been trashing George W. Bush on 9-11. Of course not. But Scarborough has an animus, a real animus towards strong Jewish leaders like Netanyahu, as did his wife and does his wife's did his wife's father, Brzezinski, as did Jimmy Carter. So that's where his mind is right now. And so he's telling you that Netanyahu was asleep at the wheel. Netanyahu was obsessed with his court proceedings. Netanyahu was this, Netanyahu was that. But he'll never tell his audience about what was actually taking place in Israel. Never. Because he's a jackass. He's on that network. He's there with pro-Hamas individuals who spew their anti-Semitism, their racism, their bigotry every night. And he's not going to resign. Where is he going to go? Can't go to Congress. Fox wanted nothing to do with him. He and his missus failed at radio. What are they going to do? So he sells his soul, such as it is, 
and his 17 IQ. Doesn't say anything interesting or profound or historical. Just regurgitates what he hears somewhere else, mostly by Joy Reid. I'll be right back. You know, sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical, especially that deep, comforting sleep. Go to helixsleep.com, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com, and take the sleep quiz. I took it and was matched to the Midnight Lux. Helix knows that everyone's unique, so they have several different mattress models to match your body type and sleep preferences. Once you match, your mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. They have a 10-year warranty, and Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans. So a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. So go to helixsleep.com slash Levin, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and use code HELIXPARTNER20. That's HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long, folks. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Islamophobia. Just to reiterate what I said last night, but I don't want to repeat the whole thing. There is Islamophobia. It's violent, it's genocidal, and it exists in the Middle East. It exists in communist China. That's where it exists. It exists in Muslim and Arab countries. It exists with Palestinians. Hamas. The Palestinian Authority. All Islamophobic. Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Egypt. You look at these Arab slash Muslim countries, they have slaughtered more Muslims than we can even count. They're always at each other's throats, slaughtering each other. Who's a Sunni, who's a Shiite, who's a this, who's a that. Islamophobia. This group care? Islamophobia. They promote Hamas. They are created by Hamas. They're Islamophobic. Are they not? Yes, they are. As are the other front groups for terrorists. The other front groups for terrorists. I was watching a local MSLSD channel. I think it was in Florida, but it may have been in Las Vegas. The days are kind of mixing up. And uh, the anchor cited CARE. CARE says that... That was MSNBC. CARE says that three times increase in Islamophobic whatever... What the hell are these fools talking about? It's a sad fact that this is done to try and create a moral equivalency between terrorists and people who believe in humanity and life. The organization CARE should be fully investigated by the FBI and the Internal Revenue Service. It should be eliminated as a functioning organization, a front group for Hamas. Its members should be investigated, that is, its senior members, in its various regional offices, in its Washington office, 
to see if they have links, and many do, to organizations that are promoting terrorism, and these individuals, if they're here on a visa, or if they're not here illegally, should be immediately deported back to Gaza. Their real home, right? Removed. I've been talking about defunding, defunding these colleges and universities. Those of you who read American Marxism, it's right there, one of my proposals. Now more than ever. I've heard one Republican governor stand up and say, this is what we need to do, DeSantis. I've heard others say it too, but he's actually a governor and he's trying to do it. When DeSantis fights the culture wars, Nikki Haley attacks him. When DeSantis said no, no immigrants into the United States, not from the Palestinian Authority, not from the Gaza Strip, because their culture is different and because they've been brainwashed to hate Americans and hate Jews. Nikki Haley denounced him. Then she reversed course. I'm just telling you the truth. When I was at the Republican Jewish Coalition, I watched Tim Scott gave a fabulous speech. I watched Governor DeSantis gave a fabulous speech. Nikki Haley's up there attacking Trump. I walked out. Trump gave a fantastic speech. Chris Christie is all over the media. Salivating. Of course, he salivates all the time. You know, he's looking for a uh, chicken leg or Hershey chocolate bar. But... No, he's salivating because he can't wait for Donald Trump to be thrown in prison in violation of one of these unconstitutional gag orders. Who the hell wants a guy like that as the nominee for the Republican Party? Nobody. Nobody wants him. Chris Christie can't get stopped at a stop sign unless he's trashing Trump and then they bring him in. CNN, MSNBC, a couple of the hosts on Fox, they bring him into... The newspaper, well, we want to hear what Chris has to say. Why? He's an irrelevancy because he's a Republican that trashes Republicans. That's why. That's why. He's sort of the Matt Gates of the rhinos. May I say that, Mr. Producer? The Matt Gates of the rhinos. Throws a turd in a swimming pool. I shouldn't use it. In his case, it's, it's something I don't want to even imagine, to be honest with you. But that's what's going on there. Let's take a few calls. I said I would. Therefore, I will and I should. Let's see. I'm pulling them up. Let us go. James, Odessa, Texas, Sirius Satellite. James, how are you, sir? I'm blessed. God bless you. Go right ahead. Yeah, I'm blessed. Yeah, um, I, I was listening earlier and they were mentioning uh, these threats that they are aware of, uh, aren't those threats uh, considered uh, crime? Yeah, you mean the FBI? Yeah, I don't know. They, the guy's not transparent at all, so we don't even know what the hell he's, he's talking about exactly. But you don't get anything more than a headline from him, Christopher Ray's a disaster he needs to go to. If you're spending most of your investigative resources on people who were protesting and peacefully outside of the Capitol building or people who went into the building, maybe looked around, 
weren't sure why they were there and left, as opposed to the violent people there, you shouldn't be the FBI director. You should be gone. Thank you for your call, James. Let us continue, shall we? Yes, we can. Nancy, Philadelphia, the great WPHT. A great trade, the Sixers with Harden, who is a uh, just always angry and upset and not happy while he collects his $45 million. Go right ahead, please, Nancy. Oh, hi, Mark. Um, yep. The Jews, uh, the Jews in name only, that would be Garland, Mayorkas, Blinken, Yellen, Kamala's husband. They're not rhinos, they're ginos. That's my name for them. They would all be hiding in fear at their Ivy League alma maters, uh, you know, fear for their lives. But um, mm-hmm. I wanted to tell you that when I called Comcast here mm-hmm. in Philly, where they are headquartered, Mm-hmm. And I wanted to complain, which I did, about the programming, the anti-Semitic and the bigoted programming on NBC and MSNBC. Here's what their executive offices told me. Well, we're not in charge of the programming on those shows. We just provide the means by which they can put their They're liars on the air. Of course, if, they, if it were the Klansmen, they'd pull them, and they should. But here we're dealing with Hamas Nazis and many of their vocal supporters directly or ambiguously, and Comcast does nothing. Let me suggest to you folks, if you have a Comcast uh, cable line, you ought to think about it. You ought to think hard about it. Thank you, Nancy. God bless you, my friend. Philadelphia, my hometown. Let's go to Michael or Mikkel, Spring Lake, Iowa, the great K-I-L-R. How are you? I am great, Mark. It's actually Mickle. I was close. <laughs> yes, yeah, like like a lot of people. <laughs> yes, go right ahead. So, yeah, so I uh, I had an interesting thought that when when you were playing Joyless Reed's clip here a little while back in the beginning of the show, anyway, um, she made the comment about how you know with these the Palestinians, you know, just taking it, taking back the government, how the government is Hamas, and they're the ones that have the gun. Well, mm-hmm. it's interesting how when you disarm a population and the government is the ones that's got the guns, they can run roughshod over the population. That's a they're, great point. Isn't that interesting? First of all, it's misapplied by her, but secondly, the, the general principle is that people should be armed. And she's such a moron, she doesn't even realize she said that. I'm sure Joe Scarborough picked up on it. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Let's keep plowing ahead. Let's get another. Vince, Albuquerque, New Mexico, KKOB, the blowtorch station, and a wonderful affiliate there. Vince, go right ahead. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm a former... Vietnam and Cambodia veteran special Thank forces. You, I got your book at Walmart, and uh, yeah. I, I just, I just, when I get done with the book, I'm going to pass it along to my pastor. Please, church is pro-Jewish. Thank you. All right, my friend. You take care of yourself, and thank you, and thank you for your service. God bless you. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Let's grab a call or two until we, until we have to exit. Uh, let's go. Ryan, San Diego, California, on the Mark Levin app. Go right ahead, please. Mark, thank you so much for everything you do again. I uh, appreciate it. I have a quick you. question for you. I know you mm. mentioned that nauseam. How the heck can we not hold this guy, Mayorkas and Biden, impeach him for jeopardizing the safety of the American people, knowing... 100%. And I think it's time... I, I, think it's, I think it's time to go right for the top guy, not the other guys. Too many people get confused. All these are Biden's policies from arming the enemy, opening our border to terrorists, 100,000 dead on, at, on the fentanyl. That's enough already. We've had enough of this, and it's time to impeach him. And if the Senate's going to, you know, twiddle its fingers, that's their problem. Let, let the Republicans who say no... Let them suffer at the polls. But we have to do what's right and what's constitutional, come what may. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Kurt, Henderson, New Jersey, WABC, go. Yes, good yep. evening, Mr. Levin. It's an honor and a privilege to speak with you. Thank you, sir. Uh, you deserve our uh, attention and love. I've never called a, co- a talk show or any show uh, in my entire life which is um, a little bit, a few years older, than, uh, more than yours. I, said, I apologize for that. However, right. I wanted to bring it up. I did, right after, about a week after your book was, re- your newest book was released, I did go to a Barnes & Noble. It was in the store, however, not displayed out front. And I did find it on a shelf and took a few of them and walked back out to where the tables are. In uh, This is a New Jersey store. And I laid a couple of your books right out front so that everybody could see it going in. I was buying a book for my grandson, which was a you know, child's book, and I had your book and a couple of child's books on top, and then I went to the register, the child's book, oh, they give me the big smiles, and it got to your book, and then I got a change of attitude. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, brother. You're very, very kind. Oh, yeah, I'll have two or three on a shelf in the back, but that's not where it's supposed to be. Thank you all. God bless you. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, freedom fighters all over the world. And we stand with our brothers and sisters in Israel. God bless each and every one of you patriots. And I will see you tomorrow. Have a good night.